Welcome back to the Don't Call Me Skinny podcast. Another Muscle Monday coming for you. It's time to bridge the gap for women and weights. Muscle Monday is all about the do's, the don'ts, the whys, and the why nots of strength training, lifting, and all things gym. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate it, review it, and share it with a friend. Let's hit the weights. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Don't Call Me Skinny for Muscle Monday coming at you. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I actually got to see a whole lot of amazing people this last weekend at my niece, my nephews. Uh, well, I mean, nieces, multiple, um, my cousin, my aunt and uncle, my obviously like my mom and dad and everybody were in town. So um, this was pretty awesome weekend. We got to swim in our pool, which is amazing. We finally opened that thing up, <laughs> thought it was going to be a lot more disastrous. And thankfully we've only had a couple of hiccups. There's a great couple of pool stories from the very first year that we lived here. Um, and I, I, sometimes, sometime I'll have to go into divulging that <clears throat> information, but for now we're going to just leave it at that and say, thankfully there's not a lot of crazy. Um, so one thing that I am absolutely going to touch on and talk about real quick here before we get started in today's topic is the early bird pricing for shape up 360. The link is in the show notes for this. I am only taking on 10 ladies for this first round of shape up 360. This will be a little bit different just because it's something that I've never really done before in a space that I've never done it before. And so I'm not going to lie. Pricing is a little bit, you know, lower maybe than what it would be normally. So if you think that this is something that might pique your interest, right? So what is Shape Up 360? It's a group coaching program. And I called it Shape Up 360 because shaping is really what we're trying to do our body. We're not just trying to lose weight, but we truly need to be like, shaping our body up essentially. Um, and 360, because this isn't just, here's what you eat. Here's your training. Be on your way. This is a whole you, you are a whole person and you deserve to be treated like a whole person. And so 360 is all encompassing, all like full circle, everything that we are going to be talking about stress, hormones, digestion, sleep, recovery, all these things. It's an eight-week program. We start July 1st and go through September 1st. So basically my 40th birthday, basically. And so, um, and the, and the other cool thing about it is that the day that we end, I'm going to be having, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody on here coming up who is doing this great mission it's incredible. It's called Mission 48. And I've talked about her in a previous episode, and she's actually going to come on and talk about all this stuff that she's really tr like aiming to do. And our last day in the group coaching program is going to be the day that she's here. So I don't know, maybe I'll do something. I don't know what I can think of, but maybe it'll be something pretty extravagant or fun on that last day, just solely encompassing like the true meaning of like community and, and health and all these things that we're doing. So, um, so what I, I'm like, had a brain fart for a second. 
Things that we're going to be tackling, I already mentioned them, stress, hormones, digestion, sleep, recovery. These are things that generic programs don't fucking care about, but they matter probably more than just your calories and your training. And the reason is, is because they are the things that are going to help you keep your calories and your training in check. Nobody cares about your recovery in Beachbody. Nobody cares about your fucking digestion in Optavia, in Weight Watchers. Nobody cares about what your hormones are doing or even how to look for certain things in your hormones. Nobody cares about any of those things. Things in any of these generic programs in Herbalife or anything else, that is why, for the most part, they don't work for people. They just don't work. And when I mean work, I mean you are able to take weight off and maintain it in a normal living way where you're not having to constantly say no to shit. That's what I mean, right? So lots of lives going to be happening in there. Um, and, and how to make things work for you. Like here's the generic, if you will, here's the generic topic, hormones, boom. Okay. Well, it's not a generic topic, honestly, but here's the topic hormones. How does this apply to you specifically? How can you take what I say and apply it to yourself? That's going to be the key. So this will be taking place in the consistency compound, which does normally have a small monthly fee for the subscription, but that comes with being in uh, Shape Up 360. So that is already included in that price. So um, on that note, again, um, early bird pricing goes through June 18th. So once June 18th hits, it is regular full-blown pricing. So even if you have an inclination or a thing or a thought or a whatever, please reach out, let me know. Ask as many questions as you want to that I can be of help and answer so that you can make what uh, the best decision is for you, okay? So let's talk about abs because abs aren't just made in the kitchen. And we hear this phrase all of the time, abs are made in the kitchen. Okay, that's not entirely wrong, but I don't think that a lot of people look at abs as a muscle group, if you will. It's like almost something like where it's like they just are supposed to be there or something like we're born with them. Okay. And I think at some point in our life, every person has wanted abs. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong with that generic generalizing statement, but I know like that was something like I wanted at some point. And a lot of times it's the ultimate goal. A lot of women that I talk to when I ask what their goal is, part of their goal is to like earn the abs, get the abs. Um, you know, I never have had them before. I've always wanted them. I don't think it's even possible, but let's talk about what abs are and what it actually takes to get them. And a lot of times I touch on different topics in and out of different podcast episodes. And this is one that I know I have talked about before, but I haven't really like dug into it. So I thought Muscle Monday would be a great day to dive into really what our abs and how do we have to get them because you do have to train them. So, and they are muscles. So let's first talk about what ab muscles are. And we always refer to them as just abs. <laughs> like they're just abs. Um, but let's have a conversation about what they are. So abs are, is short for abdominal muscle. Ugh, I can't even talk y'all. Abdominal muscles. And they're a group of muscles that's located obviously in the front part of the abdomen. So where like where your stomach is or where we assume our stomach is typically right below the chest. That's kind of where they start. These muscles are responsible for multitude of things like trunk stabilization, trunk meaning like your whole like core 
part. So like your hips, your lower back, uh, your uh, belly, though, um, even even part of your upper back actually. Um, <clears throat> supporting your posture. So when, when I see somebody super hunched over and, and sitting, you know, really like kind of looking a little bit hunchbacky, I know that they don't have very good, strong core. Okay. And then it helps assisting with movements. So things that you move with your trunk, AKA like your lower, your lower, lower back, that area and your pelvic area. So in the front part. Okay. And there's four different main abdominal muscles. And a lot of people don't realize this, but there are four different actual abdominal muscles. You have the rectus abdominals. This means it's like, it's this one here is the six pack. This is the one that runs vertically down the front of the abdomen. And this here is where, this is what we all want to see. This is the thing that we want to shred to get to. Okay. Then you have the external obliques. These are located on the side of the abdomen and they run diagonally, okay? You have the internal obliques, which is beneath the external obliques, and they also run diagonally. They work together with the external. So your internal and external work together to assist in various movements that your body does. Then you have the transverse abdominals, and this is like the deepest layer of the abdomen muscles. It wraps around the abdomen horizontally, and this provides stability and support to the spine, organs, and it also plays uh, a role in like, if you've ever heard your um, pelvic floor. So I actually had Dr. Kelsey on, we talked a lot about this. So this is kind of, the, it's like a box essentially. So you have ones that start at the top and go down. You have two that are on the sides and then you have one that kind of holds everything up and it holds it all together. So there's four different kinds. And what most people are going for is that, that six pack, that uh, look that everybody wants, right? Where it cuts right down the center. You can see everything popping when you put on your bikini. It looks amazing. And this is really starting to become sometimes like the definition of whether somebody is in shape or not. Like, oh, you have abs, you must work out. Or you don't have abs, you must not be in shape. And I don't know... <laughs> why or when that became like the standard for whether or not somebody's in shape or not. Um, but that has really nothing to do with somebody's level of being in shape because of how you obtain these. And there's a multitude of things, if you will, or components to making sure that your abs can be visible. So the first thing that we're going to touch on, because nobody talks about it, are genes, not like the ones you wear, but the ones that you're born with. Okay. And it's just not something that we talk about enough in this. So we just think that if we train hard enough or if we eat, we're supposed to eat and you're just going to get your abs like, and they're just going to magically fucking appear. And they're not, they're, they're not, they're not going to do that. Okay. <clears throat> we have to make sure that we're looking at every single angle to getting the abs. So we know what we're actually dealing with. And then we know what to expect. Because typically our expectations are set way too high, we get disappointed, and then we quit, okay? And so we have to understand that genes play a big role in determining an individual's body composition, okay? And this includes the development of visible abs, okay? So here is how abs can kind of, in, or abs, here's how genes can kind of influence your abdominal 
visual, if you will, okay? Some individuals might have a genetic predisposition to develop more prominent and well-defined abdominal muscles. We kind of talked a little bit about this, not is about abs, but about fat cells. Like you're kind of just born with what you are and it's all genetic. This is kind of the same thing, okay? So the reason that this happens is because of fiber composition, muscle shape, muscle insertions, and this can vary between individuals. So it's not like I have the same as somebody else has the same as somebody else has the same. It's almost like those moms, you know, that bounce back, you know, that, that bounce back from pregnancy and they're just thin again, quote unquote thin, right? Is what we assume and think, and they're just back in shape. And it's like, God, how did they do that? Some of that is genetic. Some of that is how their genes are. So they bounce, quote unquote, bounce back a lot easier maybe than some of the rest of us. I did not get those genes. I was not a bounce backer, okay? That was just not who I was. Now, to be honest and fair, I wasn't doing things so that I would bounce back. And that is another key part here. So that was the one thing, muscle development, where <clears throat> where your, um, sorry, <laughs> excuse me, where your like muscle fiber composition, how your muscles are shaped and and all that stuff. So muscle development. The second thing here is body fat distribution. This is something that we've already talked about, right? Genes influence where the body will store and distribute fat. Boom. There is nothing else to say about that, okay? So some people might have a tendency to accumulate more fat in the abdomen region than, you know, other places on their body, even at a low body fat percentage, then still won't necessarily see their abs, Here's another one you guys are going to love. So we have muscle development, body fat distribution. Last, uh, third one here is metabolism. Mm-hmm. Yes. So gen- uh, genetic factors can affect an individual's metabolic rate and how efficiently their body burns calorie calories. The higher the metabolic rate, the more fat loss they can have. The slower the metabolic rate, the slower the fat loss or the harder it is, okay, giving that body um, overall fat reduction. Okay, that will make it easier if you have a higher burning metabolism to see visible abs. That's just how it's going to be. And then this other part here is another part that we're going to talk about today because we don't talk about it is the response to exercise. Genetic variations can influence how an individual's body responds to exercise and training. That goes for abdominals, biceps, quads, doesn't fucking matter. Okay, so some people may naturally respond more favorably to abdominal exercises and strength training, leading to faster muscle development and definition of abs. Because here's the thing is that we don't actually understand we have to train our abs like any other muscle. You have to progressively overload them. Okay, so here are the four things again, muscle development, body fat distribution, metabolism, and response to exercise. And it's important to note that while genes can influence those different things, they're not the sole determinants of whether or not somebody can actually have visible abs. Other things, including diet, exercise, overall body fat levels, all are going to play a role in whether or not you get to see your abs. Okay. And even if genetics make it more challenging to get visible abs, if you are consistent with exercise, consistent with a healthy diet, and just overall getting a lower body fat percentage, you could still potentially see noticeable improvements in that ab definition. 
Okay. So when it comes to seeing, we're going to talk about that part. When it comes to seeing visible abs, how low is low when it comes to body fat percentage? Like how low do you have to get? And this is going to determine person to person. This is why nothing is cookie cutter. Okay. Every person is different. So women generally have a higher body fat percentage compared to men. Okay. This is, this is what we, we've, we've already kind of discussed is when we did talk about body fat. Um, but this is hormonal and physiological differences, period. There is no other way to slice this cake. Okay. We are different than men. We hold more weight. We are supposed to hold more weight. We are supposed to hold more fat because we are the one birthing children. That is normal. Okay. So to start seeing visible abs, women often have to get their body fat percentage down to around, I would say like 17, 16, 17% up to 20%. You might be able to start seeing some things, some ab definition. Okay. Individual variations and genetic factors are all going to influence how low you have to get. If you can even get them right. Like that's another that's a thing. Like you might just be a person that you'll never have visible abs. That's okay. That does not mean you're broken or there's something wrong with you. Okay. But, um, that, that, that's like, and I'd say anywhere from 16 to 20%. Now, you know, men, we always complain like, oh, they lose weight so fast, blah, 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 blah. And we get irritated and mad at them. Right. But, Understand that in order for men to see visible abs, they have to typically get into a range of 10 to 14, 10 to 14% body fat, which is fucking low, ladies. It is low. Now, it can be easier for them to get that low, obviously, because again, hormonally, they don't hold the same amount of fat, but that is pretty fucking low. So they need to get from 10 to 14%, where us women are like more 16 to 20%. Okay. But, but 10 to 14 is low. Okay. So how do you get these abs to appear? Right. I know that people just do crunch after crunch after crunch. And this is just not the way to get the abs that you're looking for. There are many things that you need to do in order to see visible abs. It's not just diet. It's not just diet. It is a big part. Diet is a big part, but it is not just your diet. It's also specific exercises and making sure that your training that you're doing, like the training that you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing. So again, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just do a hundred crunches. Okay, great. A hundred crunches isn't necessarily going to stimulate all the groups that you need to, right? So think about like just doing flexing your bicep a hundred times. Are you overstimulating your muscle? No, you're not. It's the same thing with crunches. Okay. So you, you actually have to put resistance behind something in order for it to grow. That is the definition of overloading the muscle. You have to put resistance behind it. So, um, this would require more than just doing a regular crunch a hundred times. This would require adding weight. This would require energy, so food, okay? You actually have to be overloading the muscles, meaning that we have to be using resistance, meaning weights. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. You can you can literally do 100 crunches 
but then the next time you have to like eventually go to 200 crunches and then 300 crunches and then 400 crunches so that you keep overloading the muscle, which I don't think is going to be very time efficient for you. Like you're going to end up spending your entire workout just doing crunches. So that means you're going to have to bite the bullet and start adding some fucking weight so that you can get there a little bit quicker. And if you don't overload the muscle, the muscle doesn't grow. So it's a balance between like making sure your food is in check, right? Clean eating, which, you know, I'm just teasing. I don't believe in any of that shit. Um, it's making sure that your food is in check and that you're overloading the muscle. So it, uh, in order for it to be visible. Okay. So it doesn't matter how lean you get. If you don't have definition under this, under your like belly, you won't have abs. (laughs) Like, okay. So it's the same concept. If your arm, I'm just, this is just me being talking as I'm talking, like if I'm talking about myself. So currently after my bulk, my arms, they're, they're a little bit fatty again. They've, they've gained some fat on them again. And so my definition isn't very good right now. And as I'm on my cut and coming down in weight and shedding the fat, if, if I hadn't, trained my bicep muscles, when I lose the fat, it's not going to show, if that makes sense, because there's no actual muscle there, because I didn't train the muscle to look like, I didn't shape it, essentially, right? This is going to be the same thing. If you don't train with resistance, your abdomen muscles, when you do shed the fat, there will be nothing there. This is like when I talked about you can be 200 pounds and if you just lose weight and don't do anything else, you're going to look the same at 150 because you have no shape to your body. That is how that's going to be. There is no more shape, okay? That's what's going to happen. Now, for me personally, like abs have never really been like this thing that like I had to get to or I really wanted. It, it was never really like, you know, it's like, oh, maybe someday, but like it was never like my trophy thing that I, I really wanted. Um, and I don't know if that's because I didn't think I could get them or I didn't think it was possible or something like that. So it's never just been a big deal for me, but I do know for people it's a big deal and it's something that they really work for years to get to. It's like your end of their life goal. It's like, man, if I could just get that one ab to pop, like just the one app. Right. And I don't know if any of you have any, um, any of you out there have children that watch Lego Batman, but I always joke about like his like eighth ab popping or seventh or ninth ab or whatever it is that he talks about in there. He's like, he pops his seventh ab or I don't know. It was funny. Um, in general though, <clears throat> having a strong core for women is super essential because of the pelvic floor. Men actually have a pelvic floor too, but it's a little bit different. And women, you know, even if you don't carry a baby, you you still have parts and things that move and get squished and, and all sorts of stuff as we gain and lose weight. And so when all that stuff gets moved around and you don't have a strong a pelvic floor, that's going to be a problem essentially at some point down the road because you have to take care of that all that space. Even, again, even if you never get pregnant, your pelvic floor and your core matter, which is why, again, we talked with this with uh, Dr. Kelsey and understanding um, why pelvic floor work is so fucking important right now. Okay. All right. So movements that I really enjoy to get a strong core may not be what you think they are, but they're super important. Um, The first one that I really, really love, 
are uh, cable crunches. So you take a rope or something like that, you put it around your neck, you're on the floor, in your knees, and you're crunching forward. I absolutely love that one. I love oblique crunches. Uh, you can use a kettlebell or a plate, um, even a regular light weight would work. Planks are really good for uh, for that as well. I love, um, depends on the kind of plank and whatnot, but I do like planks in certain cer- certain circumstances. Bird dogs. Bird dogs are amazing for pelvic floor work, right? Just really make sure that you are, you know, holding that core super tight um, during during that movement. Um, and so you can you can do a lot of things, uh, leg lifts and things like that by adding weight and stuff. Like there's a lot of ways to add resistance uh, without, you know, getting super crazy. Abs are fairly small muscles. So you don't need to necessarily, you know, similar to shoulders, it's not like you're going to be moving a gazillion pounds or anything, but it's just, it is just a, you know, enough to stimulate a little bit of growth. Okay. So saying that abs are made in the kitchen, I mean, emphasizes obviously the importance of how diet is, uh, of how important diet is and nutrition when it comes to achieving these muscles that we want to show. But exercise is crucial for developing and strengthening those muscles that you want to show. Okay. So here's what you have to do in order to have well-defined abs. You have to reduce your body fat percentage. Okay. Excess body fat is going to cover the muscles. We've talked about this, right? And this is where saying like abs are made in the kitchen. This is where it comes from because we all know that to do reduce body fat percentage, you have to lose weight. To lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. To be in a calorie deficit, you have to be having your food in check, right? But a healthy balanced diet that includes a little slight calorie deficit, proper macronutrients can help you lose the body fat that you want. But at the same time, you know, technically abs are made in the kitchen, but they're also made in the gym because we have to be building the muscle that we want to grow. And we want the growth of the muscle to be able to show when we shed the fat. This is all done through progressive overload, not just crunch after crunch after crunch after crunch. Okay. That shit's going to get boring as fuck. Boring as fuck. So talking about shaping up 360, right? Talking about, talking about, uh, you know, shaping up our bodies, shaping up our muscles. This is what we are going to be learning about in shape up 360. So again, early bird pricing goes through, oh, what day was that? June 18th. That's my mom's birthday, actually. June 18th. And starting on the 19th, it goes to full price. Full price, June 19th. So there is a link in the show notes if you want to go ahead and hop in there. Now, again, I'm only taking 10 ladies because I want to make sure I provide a service for those 10 ladies that is amazing. So I don't take too many people. I'm not going to overload, haha, pun intended, my roster so that I don't provide a good service. That is always key, always number one priority for me. So I only take what I can take. So that's 10 of you. So ladies, Let's get to it. Let's do it. And I'm excited. Ah, super excited. All right, you guys. See you guys on Wednesday.